Well, good morning. We're back with another special Street View edition of Media Insultant. This is our opinions and comments. Uh, in Seattle, I'm Jackson Weaver. And in Southern California, it's my real good friend, Keith Samuels. We're trying morning, to get a little cultural relevance in traditional <laughs> yes. linear media. A little cultural <laughs> relevance. Easy for so, you to say. Uh, it, it is. It was easy for me to stumble through. We would like to welcome you, though, to this special edition where we are taking a focus on what's going on in the car business again. You know, the business has changed quite a bit over the past couple of years, and we wanted to get our vehicular guru, Mr. Ed Steenman, of Steenman Associates in. So, Ed, Keith, and I would like to welcome you to Media Insultant. Well, great to see you guys again. I don't think we've chatted for... Gosh, it's been a few months. Yeah, it's it's been well, before the big surgery for a Jackson, and look at us all—all all, all three old guys with glasses. Here we are. There we go. <laughs> well, I had my glasses before his surgery. If that makes you feel any better, and, uh, me, yeah, me too. Good to but, see you again, Ed. No, it's great to be here, and always uh, always love uh, hearing what you guys have to say. And we'll see if we can find anyone to insult today. I don't know. We'll have to uh, we'll have to work on that. No, the list is long. The list is long. <laughs> So, Ed, you know, as, as we've said, you know, the thing about the car business is that for those of us in traditional media, radio, TV, actually in any media, the car business is kind of a backbone business. Yeah. And it seems like after all of the turmoil that inventory of new units is uh, getting back to normal, kind mm-hmm. of like 2019 normal. Yeah. First of all, is that true? And if so, how does that affect the media budgets? So the car business, it, you know, it's interesting, and, and I, I love being in the business. I love working with dealerships. These are guys that you present them with, you know, any set of circumstances, and, you know, being the entrepreneurs that they are, they figure out how to, how to make it work. So you've come off of a, a couple of years here with COVID of absolute record profits, you know, for that business. Um they were, you know, no one questioned the price of the vehicles. They paid what they what they needed to pay, and uh, the dealers, uh, you know, didn't need to spend a lot of money on marketing. And uh, the, you know, the vehicles were sold uh, before they arrived, or as they arrived, or shortly after they arrived. So inventory levels were were low, and so you really had the perfect storm of, you know, not carrying inventory, not having to fight pricing. Not having to worry about demand. Um, oh my gosh! You know, it was. I don't want to say it was Christmas every day, but you know, it it, it, it was good times. So now you have interest rates uh, that have pushed payments higher. You have inventory levels returning. Um, you have dealers that um, you know are needing to stimulate demand, particularly in the EV space. And so, you know, with every great uh, increase comes some sort of a corresponding decrease. Things level back out. So we're definitely in a space now where margins are going to shrink um, and dealers are going to have to work a lot harder uh, than they've had to work the last few years. Has the the actual budget level come back to what it was in 2019 in your experience? And is the media mix about the same or are we seeing more uh, moving toward the digital side of uh, the media. So what you see, depending on the, um, you know, depending on the brand and depending on you know the, the particular situation, of course, 
budgets are set based on a allocated cost per vehicle. So as the number of vehicles sold increases, the budget goes up because it's whether it's, you know, the old $250 a car or, you know, whatever that math looks like now. So as sales volume has increased, then advertising budgets increase. I don't believe that the market as a whole is looking for dramatic increases at this point. I think that we're in a we're in a tough economy. I think that you're going to find dealers that recognize that share of voice is important and they're going to double down on their marketing. I think you have dealers that are going to say, "You know what? I'm going to pull in my horns and I'm going to I'm going to, you know, try to ride it out." I don't feel like you're going to, you know, again, it's going to be an individual dealer situation, but in terms of the dollars that are in the market, I, I'm not certain whether I could say they've exactly returned to, to the 2019 levels, but I think they're they're on their way there in terms of allocation. So that you know you asked a you asked a two part question um, in terms of allocation. What you saw happening in the last couple years uh, is a continued shift away from you know linear slash traditional media, you know particularly uh, television into into more digital products depending on again what it is you're selling Um, the used car market is in kind of an unusual state right now in that you've had this problem with um, you know as you know and i think keith we talked about this last time as well where you know the used truck you know is booking for the same um the same amount as the brand new truck um now you you know you shift that timeline forward now and you have you have dealers writing off some of their used car, used cars just to just to get them off the lot. I mean, they can't sell them for what they could sell them for a year mm-hmm. or two ago. You also have a demand. For example, for example, I have a vehicle that I probably would have traded in um, before COVID. Um, I kept it all during COVID. That vehicle now is is sitting with almost a hundred thousand miles on it. I've done the maintenance on it, and it's like. You know, I will at some point trade it in, but you have a lot of people that are sitting on used vehicles um, that that they're not trading in as quickly as because they're looking at the pricing going, I'll just sit on it. So you have a shortage of, you know, you know, you, you know, when you when you sell a new car, you create a used car. And so you have a real shortage of used vehicles still in the marketplace. So that's created some unusual dynamics in terms of what dealers are doing yeah you know and and ed you know one of the things that um what i'd love to get an idea from you is um are there are there brands are there geographies where things are better or worse Mm -hmm. uh because here in california you know we just got hit with two consecutive 50 percent increases in our car insurance so we're now up a hundred percent over two years ago there was an article in the wall street journal last week about the, the worst job in the world right now is to be a, a, an insurance salesman in California, and but you combine that with 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 high interest rates, this has got to have an impact uh, at some point on, on certain types of dealers or certain types of models. How is that impacting, uh, you know, our our dealership uh, sales operations? 
Well, I mean, sales, uh, depending on the region that you're in, so, you know, you asked a couple questions. So um, in terms of, you know, model mix, I mean, EVs, you know, on the coasts, on the east and west coast, you know, that's where those products are selling. Um, middle of the country, obviously not as much. Um, EV demand in general has slowed or not kept pace with what the government would like it to do. So you do have, you know, if you're in the market for an EV, it's the old now's a great time to buy. I mean, now is a great time to buy if you're in the market for an EV. We could, you know, we could get further into the weeds and, and talk about some of the glow coming off of Tesla and, and sort of what the, you know, what the umbrella effect has been on, on EVs. That's been a factor. Dealers are long on that product. I, I'm in a lot of automotive forums and hear a lot of chit-chat, and, and that's, you know, that sort of seems to be the run. If you're in California, you know, Washington, Oregon, or, you know, the East Coast, I mean, there's still a market for it, but it's not. You also have the, you know, again, not to get too far off point, you also have the whole, you know, brands were going to set up their own direct sales channels and they were going to cut out the dealers and the dealers gonna, were going to be left selling the ICE cars. And, you know, of course, um, that's, that's not happening quite the way the, the brands, you know, had hoped that it would. So um, I think that particularly in the middle of the country, of course, then EVs are, are um, you know, are even, uh, you know, less, you know, less demand for them. So... Part one of your question. Part two of your question was an insurance question. I mean, the average price of a vehicle. Gosh, you know, you know. Remember the days when you could go buy a decent car for five thousand dollars? I mean, you know, now, you know, you, you're lucky if you can get a de- you get anything for thirty five thousand yep. dollars. I mean, you're looking, you know, with, with with your taste, Keith. I mean, you're looking at sixty thousand dollars to go out and buy buy a new car. So. That's going to drive. Yeah, I was going to say up, 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 up. You know, yeah, maybe that's ninety to one hundred twenty for Keith. Right. <laughs> so if the price of the car has doubled, then should it be any shock that the price of the insurance has doubled? I mean, if you want replacement value, um, sorry, that's twice as much. So yeah, so, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not in any way defending the, the, you know, the insurance companies, but that's sort of an understandable thing. Well, I, but that's got to be a factor, and it's going to be a factor, particularly with the auto thefts that uh, have really jacked up rates for uh, for cars all over the country, regardless of the value. The insurance premiums seem to be skyrocketing because so many cars are being stolen, and the and the manufacturers have been caught in this cycle where they have these wonderful keyless fobs. You know, you just walk up to the car and it opens, but it's the easiest thing in the world for these guys to hack. Yeah. And so they hack them, and they can just drive off with virtually any car they want. Mm-hmm. Keith, you might want to check and make sure your Beamer is still in the garage this morning. <laughs> so, you know, that's got to be a, a, a have well, an effect on on the sales volume too, Ed, yeah. or or not? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I'm deep enough into it to to, to comment specifically on that. I mean. Obviously, you have brands like Hyundai that are, you know, that are more the, are the ones you hear about all the time, um, and I think you know they're trying to take steps to correct that. Um, I think really the the fact that I, I'm either upside down in the car I bought three years ago because you know I paid way too much. I mean, you got people making seven hundred and fifty dollar a month car payments. You know, that's 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 not an unusual number now. I mean, it so. The numbers have just gotten bigger with the interest rates going up. 
you don't see the manufacturers, you know, necessarily rolling out all the deals that they had before. Um, so, I mean, generally, it's gotten to be a much more expensive product. Interest rates are not helping, uh, and that's you know that obviously impacts demand. So, yeah, I mean, the the there's the you know there's always the bad news and the good news. I mean, the the good news. You know, two years ago or whenever we talked last was, you know, was, hey, I don't need any advertising because, um, you know, I'm selling every vehicle that comes on my lot. The good news now is that dealers now need to market again. And so then it becomes, okay, how are they going to market? What are they going to choose to use to market? I know that your skew is more specifically to the, uh, you know, the linear radio and TV. So then, you know, so then what, you know, wh- what role does that play? Or, or, you know, or do you want to, you know, talk about digital? Or do you want to talk about, you know, other, other opportunities that are out there? But dealerships need to now do something. So then the question becomes, are you the something or how do you become the something? Well, and that brings, yeah, Keith, go ahead. You had a question? I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I I was going to, you know, Ed, you were talking about the shift kind of, in you know, the the, the budgets might be returning, but the allocation and how they're spent has evolved over the last three or four years significantly. It has... You know how has the how have the sales staffs at linear television and radio stations evolved with that, or have they? Um, and are you seeing you know them adapting? Are you seeing them uh, be more creative, or are you seeing, uh, or do you even need to see them anymore? Or can you go around them and do all the digital uh, buying you need to do on yeah. CTV, OTT, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, audio streaming, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, do, do radio and television reps bring you any value anymore? So, in this... <laughs> that was a long pause. No, that no, was no, a real a long pause. Trying to figure out how to answer the question. In the, in the Seattle market, I mean, you do still see some... Obviously, you still see Tier 2, uh, you know, Tier 2... You're asking me about linear, linear television and linear radio. I mean, you still see some Tier 2... Um, advertising. I mean, a linear radio. I mean, you're going to hear your car dealership that's on the sports broadcast, or you're going to, you know, you're going to see some cable packages for the Mariners, or for, you know, you, I mean, you're still going to see that kind of stuff. Um, I think that dealers have evolved. You know, I see a lot more OTT, CTV. I don't know if I told you guys, but um, I, I took a. I took another job because I'm not I'm not working hard enough at my agency. So in addition to remodeling my house, I've actually joined a company called Jamloop, and they are a CTV OTT uh, platform that is a that is a demand side provider, um, and I'm selling that product both to my clients as as well as to you know anyone who wants to buy it. Um, so. I don't need necessarily to talk to the television stations. Most of what the TV reps are selling is variations of an OTT CTV product. Um, they all have, whether it's uh, you know IQ or Premion or Compulse or you know whatever flavor. Everybody's got a flavor of something, and you know, and there's a lot of good products out there. So, um, so there there is a lot of ways to get to that. I think that the to your point about doing it yourself, I think folks like iHeart that have evolved into 
having a strong streaming platform, podcasting platform. Um, iHeart has made a deal with Amazon to deliver that OTT product. So I think you know that that's a that's a group that has positioned themselves well to be competitive in the marketplace. Not every group has done that. Well, that puts you in a position of actually competing with the product line from the radio and TV stations, correct? Yeah, about damn time, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, to, to Keith's question, you know, is there any real value being uh, called upon by local media reps? Do you get any value out of that? Well, so, I mean, so back to what, I mean, you know, there's lots of tools in the toolbox. So if I'm running a, if I'm running a, you know, a blowout weekend sale, a, you know, a, a, a President's Day sale, you know, it's hard to generate the impressions and the, and the oomph that I need buying, you know, streaming digital and buying streaming television. You know, that, that's, you know, you can get your 25 or your 50,000 impressions delivered one impression at a time, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, TV has its place. Linear TV has its place. If I want to do a, a high-impact sales event, I want to run a, a special, you're still, it's still hard to beat the reach of local television, if that's, if that's your thing, if that's what you need it for. You know, local radio, um, again, you know, is, is valuable, you know, for tonnage or for reach. But there's many, many alternatives now with buying, you know, streaming radio or buying podcasts or, you know, there's lots of other ways to deliver the product. So, of course, of course the media reps still have value. You've just got to decide what tool you need, you know, what problem are you trying to solve. Yeah, but here's here's one thing. What what I'm hearing you say is that is that the the ability for a lot of the digital platforms to develop reach and frequency is really difficult. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, what you'll hear a traditional media rep, you know, um, you know, my XYZ TV rep will come in. They'll try to sell you a multi-screen, you know, multi-touch attribution. There's always, you know, there's always some some fun stuff. So yeah, I'll put you on uh, Channel Five. I'll put you on my OTT. I'll put you on my Inventor Video. I'll put you on my streaming news. You know, my my rerun of the six a.m. streaming news. You know, I'll uh, you know I'll put you on every screen that I offer a product on, and that's how I'll that's how I'll get you your reach. So you know, yeah, that's but, you, but you're you're not going to get any frequency doing that. Well, it depends what you spend and over what period of time you spend it. If you're, you know, sure. if you're jamming, if you're jamming the budget into a four-day sales event, I mean, sure. Um, but but that's basically what their pitch has become. So then you have okay. to decide: okay, do I like having you know a, a a TV rep you know do that for me? Do I want an agency to do that? Do I want you know to go to Ed and have him sell me just the the CTV OTT Jam Loop product? I mean. More choices than ever before. You know the days of the days of hey, stick it on Channel Five, put it in the Seattle Times, and run on KMPS, and you know all your problems were solved, right? So, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's true. That's right. Yeah, it actually, yeah, they were, you, we're they a long, were solved. <laughs> yeah, we're a long way from that. So, 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 so opportunities. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about I was thinking about this, and it's like the. It's like the the diagnosis doctor. The diagnosis changes, but the cure's kind of the same. So it's like, you know, you go to the doctor and no matter what you have, he tells you to drink more water unless I guess you, unless I guess your affliction is that you have too much water. So 
while the diagnosis changes or while the market changes, you know, the solution, I'm going to tell you the same thing. It feels like, why should we have Ed on? Because he's going to tell me the same thing he told me (laughs) the last four times that we had him on. But, you know, get off your butt, go to the car dealership, walk in with an idea, a promotion, a community involvement, a connection that utilizes your product. You know, try to do your research before you walk in the door so you know who the general manager is or the sales manager is. Walk in, ask for that person by name, introduce yourself, hand them your business card, tell them what you have to offer them, and, and you know, and, and, and start a conversation. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still about that. That's actually, that's, that, that is encouraging. I'm, uh, you know, we're, I, we could sit here and talk all day, as we've mentioned before, but I'm, I'm going to try and wrap things up with, I just have one question because I think it's becoming um, relevant for a lot of salespeople. Is there, would you use that same approach if you're talking about some of the larger dealer groups like Lithia or AutoNation or Penske? You know, those get those get tough, and I do have a couple of dealer groups that I work with, and a lot of those guys, you know, they're, They've got their in-house digital guy who then also might handle, you know, this piece or that piece. I think mm-hmm. it still starts with a conversation at the dealership level, and then I think that you have to work your way up the, you know, up up the food chain uh, to where you might be talking to a, you know, now you're doing Zoom calls to a marketing manager in another city trying to get them to look at your product. But I think without the local dealership you know, having some, if the local dealership has some stake in what it is that you're trying to do, that's going to take it a lot farther than just trying to call the marketing manager out of the blue because, yeah. you know, God love those guys, um, but they got how many phone calls a day and how many emails a day, and, you know, I just, I'm not sure you'll ever get there. Okay, that's good. That's yeah, good. good points. Good points. Thanks, Ed. And, and I guess the other thing that I would say is if you're going to walk in and talk to a dealership, do a little research. I mean, how many salespeople walk in and say, hi, let me tell you about, you know, my, what I got versus, you know what, can we test drive a few vehicles here so that I can better understand, you know, what it is that you guys are trying to sell? I mean, you guys have this cool EV. Wow. Can, you know, can I come in and demo it and see it? and see how it drives and you know maybe our morning guy would like to come you know demo this ev i mean take the time to have some level of knowledge about you know don't come in and waste my time do a little research before you come see me so that you can at least sound you know semi-intelligent and yeah i know that sounds really obvious but it's like how many people forget to do that oh i think most <laughs> well, well, when you're when you're getting your ass kicked out of the office by the uh, by the playbook and your sales manager, you know, to go make more calls, you're just going to show up and yeah. and uh, and and look like an idiot. I, I I do have one more question for Ed, if you don't mind, just take a couple minutes. I'm hearing and seeing a lot less individual dealer advertising in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Okay, mm-hmm. it's either too expensive or it's not working or. The targeting is is now so exquisite that these individual dealers can do local cable zones or or local digitals, you know, mm-hmm. geofencing, all that kind of yeah. stuff. But I'm still hearing on the on the third tier stations. These are stations that are like a one or two share in the market, where five and sixes are the the big guns. Is mm-hmm. where you have a an on air personality doing the testimonial. 
You know, I'm driving a new Chevy Silverado pickup truck for, uh, you know, Connell mm. Chevrolet at Costa Mesa, you know, where they're the mm. best guys in the world. And, you know, you go like, my God, it's a, it's a city of 15 million, and this, this Chevy dealer decided to have this sports guy do mm. the, test, do the uh, endorsement for it. Mm. Is that still something people should still go out and try to sell? Or is that just like the worst, le- lowest level of, of uh, getting business? Well, I mean, sports is still, you know, as, and, 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 and Keith, I understand you're the resident, um, the resident sports guru of the insultant, um, the insultant <laughs> podcast. Um, what's interesting about the sports thing is how it is finding its way onto digital. I mean, it was sort of the last holdout for linear television and radio. Um, and you still have situations where it's like, okay, I, I don't want to subscribe to, you know, Root Sports in Seattle, so I'm going to listen to the games on Cairo or, you know, but, but, but fast forward a few years from now when everything will be on digital um, and, and you'll hear even less of, you know, kind of what you're talking about. And the media that I see, particularly with, you know, with me selling OTT and, and, and seeing that, I mean, I see very specific advertising. It's the, it's the Mazda dealer, you know, right down the street that's selling me OTT. They don't need to buy a market wide product. So I think that, that you're seeing more of that on an individual dealer level. I think that from the standpoint of as long as there's sports on radio, you know, and depending again, you know, you you, you know, you, you you use Chevy as an example. So, you know, I'm selling trucks. Uh, we know sports. We know guys drive trucks, right? I mean, we're connecting the dots here, and so you know, I can I can get my my piece of the pie with whatever DJ it is that that I'm letting drive a truck, and I'm paying uh, you know pretty cheap rates or whatever. Okay, it probably it probably works. Fast forward three or four years where, you know, how many of these stations are still carrying sports or what are the alternative ways that I can, that I can you know, micro-target my, my sports customers. And looking at what Amazon is doing um, in the automotive space, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about that, but I went to their, their big unveiling here at Amazon headquarters, uh, whatever it was, a couple weeks ago. Um, when that, you know, now for the pleasure of, of, of watching Amazon and paying what you've always paid, you now can also enjoy um, advertising on, on the Amazon channel. But the, the level of data that they have in the automotive space, um, that is something that, that Amazon is, is investing a lot in. And you're mm-hmm. going to see some big changes happening in the next couple of years you know, with with that. How fast is it going to happen? Is it going to go as smooth as they want? Um, we'll see. But 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 that but that's coming too. And when you couple that with their sports product that they're offering, then that yep. starts to get to be an interesting conversation and maybe the topic of another media insultant uh, podcast. Okay. Someday, <laughs> and, and, and the the ubiquity of Amazon, the ubiquity of Amazon. Yes. Actually, Ed, very encouraging what you're saying is if for the local media reps, an idea is still really important. So yeah. we'll we'll wrap this discussion up with. We haven't really been able idea. to insult anybody, so uh, <laughs> I, I tried. I, I feel bad. Um, maybe we can insult the DJ reading the Chevy ad in. Costa Mesa or whatever you there say. There you go, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, Ed Steenman, Ed Associates. Ed, thank you so much for joining us here on Media Insultant, the Street View edition. I love you guys. 
We love you too, Ed. Take care, buddy. Have a good one. See you next time. <laughs>